Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 361. 70% of people value online reviews as much as a personal recommendation, which I think is is surprising, um, but but that seems to be the, the results of the study. So what that tells me is that we're moving into a space where people trust those online reviews. And as a result of that, sites like Google and Facebook and others therefore want to serve up that content to us as consumers. Are you ready for it? it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Yo, guys, what if I told you I found a menu that's made from paper that's waterproof and rip-proof? This thing is basically dirty-proof. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, get me some of that. Uh, I hate cleaning menus, but... You can have this menu. It's called Terra Slate Menus, guys. You'll get 15% off if you use promotional code UNSTOPPABLE at checkout. So what are you waiting for? Head over to TerraSlatePaper.com. One question for you. Does your social media game have room for improvement? The answer is yes for everyone across the board. We all need to continuously be improving to be unstoppable. But... If you don't necessarily know exactly what you're doing, social media can be super intimidating. You need a strategy. You need a plan. Where does it come from? I'll tell you where it comes from. The number one marketing and promotion book, Bar and Restaurant Success. Head over to freebrsbook.com. One more time, freebrsbook.com to get your free copy of this book. I can't make it any easier. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Matt Heyman. Matt, my man, are you feeling unstoppable today? Eric, I am feeling unstoppable. <laughs> yes. All right. So Matt is a digital marketing expert based in the UK with over eight years experience in search engine optimization and paid traffic. He's the founder of ReviewMiner.co and helps business helps businesses large and small grow by harnessing the power of customer reviews. Obviously, we're just scraping the surface. I can't wait to learn more about what you have to share with us today. But first, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling like we always do with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us? Okay, so this one is from Marcus Aurelius, the emperor of Rome. Um, If you find something very difficult to achieve yourself, Don't think of it as impossible for anything possible and proper for another person can be achieved as easily by you. That's deep, man. Really dive into that and what it means to you and break it apart a little bit. So, so I guess Marcus Aurelius was uh, one of the early, uh, early people who practiced stoicism. People might know and have heard of stoicism. So it's about it's really just about making sure that you are aware of what you can control and what you can't control and not letting those things that you can't control have a extreme influence on on how you are. So, yeah, for me, that particular quote is is nice because um, I like to see people doing well in the space that I work in. And it's reassuring to know that because they've done it, it's possible for me to do that, too. And also 
from the perspective of our clients. Often we'll work with clients who think that they have a long way to go to beat their competition. And we like to reassure them and often do show them that they can do that. Yeah, I love it. That's really great. And uh, what a, it's a very appropriate uh, conversation or, or quote for this audience of people who are breaking in, seeing all these successful restaurateurs out there and just scratching their head like how did they do this there's no way i can do that but you can um so great way to get this thing started and uh why don't you just tell us a little bit more about who you are and um what we're here to talk about today okay so my background as you mentioned is i'm a digital marketer and i've always worked with a mix of businesses so working with some large businesses small businesses a lot of them in hospitality leisure tourism and and that kind of industry so about three years ago, we were approached by a couple of our clients, coincidentally, all at the same time, who were all concerned about online reviews and, and the growing power of online reviews. And for them, they weren't sure how best to manage the process. So they were very aware that customers wanted to share their experiences online, but they also knew that not all of those customers would have fantastic experiences. And so they approached us to see if we could help them with ways to address negative issues or negative reviews internally, but also make sure that if people had a positive experience, they promoted that as far and wide on social media. So off the back of that, we built a system for our clients, an internal system for our clients to help them manage that process, what we now call Review Miner. And um, they saw great results. It allowed them to take ownership of what I think a lot of business owners think is quite a passive process. They're at the mercy of online reviews and online reviewers. And so the system allowed them to um, to take back control of the online reviews process. And they had some really good results. We were working with, crikey, we worked with one or two clients who were literally waking up in the middle of the night worried about negative online reviews and the impact it can have on their business. And slowly over time, they were able to relax and focus more on delivering a good experience for their customers. So yeah, that that's kind of what brought me into the realm of customer reviews and just how powerful they can be. And what do you want to talk about today? Like what, what do you hope to get out of this interview? Well, my, my goal is in the, in the course of building that software, in the course of developing that approach, we learned a lot of things about online reviews, what works and what doesn't work in terms of generating online reviews from your customers. So my goal really was to try and just share some of those insights. I'm going to share a five-step process, if it's okay with you. Yeah. Um, just a, a five-step process, very simple, something that any restaurant can can put into practice. And and all of this as well is based off of first-hand experience of seeing businesses change the way they operate. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to get started and, and to dive into some of that. Beautiful. Uh, so if you're listening to this, and uh, I mean, I, I hope we've sold to you that Matt is somebody you want to listen to on this topic of online reviews. He's an expert, and it is definitely uh, something that you know, twenty, even ten years ago, or maybe even less than that, it, it wasn't an issue. Pro- probably like, yeah, like ten years ago, around the, the time like smartphones were coming out, really. Um, is when like this really started to become an issue. Uh, not necessarily. It can be a good thing. I mean, I guess it's all about how you look at it. But why are online reviews of restaurants? Uh, why do they matter more today than ever before? Yeah, it's a good question. I think I think it's primarily because, like you've alluded to just there, our relationship to those reviews as consumers is changing. So as we look more to review sites like Google, Facebook, Yelp, and, and others. 
we're starting to trust those reviews as being accurate for the mm-hmm. business more than ever before. And there's been some good research which has, has looked into this. And they one study showed that there was about 70% of people value online reviews as much as a personal recommendation, which I think is is surprising. <laughs> um, but, but that seems to be the, the results of the study. So what that tells me is that we're moving into a space where people trust those online reviews – and as a result of that, sites like Google and Facebook and others therefore want to serve up that content to us as consumers. Yep. And what it does is it creates this feedback loop where we want information about local businesses on reviews. Google and others see that and they present that to us, which in turn makes us value it and trust it even more. And so you get this kind of feedback loop of of reviews of us wanting the information, getting that information, trusting that information more. And as a result, as business owners, we need to also sort of stay one step ahead of that and try and get proactively involved in that conversation rather than seeing it as a a passive process that we can't influence. Yeah. And it kind of ties back to that quote you shared with us earlier today. Like we have control over this. We're not a victim of this. We can be proactive and use it to our advantage. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to be proactive and how to use it to our advantage. Um, But yeah, I mean, just right now, like do a Google search. You're going to for for your own restaurant or any restaurant in your community, you're going to see, uh, your a picture of your restaurant, and then like the very next thing is what your your rating is out of like five stars. It's like the the next. It's like here's the restaurant, the name of the restaurant, the next thing. What's the rating? It, it does matter today. It's the first thing people are seeing when they're researching your business. So absolutely, Eric. And one other thing as well with that is that if you look at those Google results, what you're going to start to see certainly in the last couple of months is the introduction of the Google Local Guides program. So. It's, anybody listening to the podcast should should do that straight away and, and research the competitors in their own reviews. But what you'll find within those reviews are some of the reviewers themselves are labelled as Google Local Guides. Now, that says to me that Google wants to add an additional layer to the process where you have these local experts, these people who know their local area, and reviews from them are going to carry even more weight than mm. reviews from, from other people as well. So I, I see having worked in digital marketing for this number of years, I can see that Google is only ever going to be putting out features into the wild that they know enhance the user experience. And the Google Local Guides program and the ability to filter those results based on star ratings are two indicators to me that Google is serious about online reviews and therefore businesses should be too. Okay. Uh, So what's the biggest mistake you see restaurants making when it comes to online reviews? Without doubt, the the number one mistake is that restaurant owners, business owners do not ask their customers for feedback and for online reviews. They don't ask their customers for that information. And if they do, they don't always build it into the customer experience. They see it as something they can't influence, that they're passive in. So for me, it's about are business owners asking the questions of their customers in the first place? This kind of reminds me of uh, something that comes up often on the show um, when it maybe not too often, but when the guest is leaving, you, you have that host. We put so much emphasis on receiving the guest, but we don't put nearly as much emphasis on, you know, saying goodbye to the guest and asking, how was your meal? And using yeah. that, that moment at the very end to do a little research. And I mean, 
like Danny Meyer says, like we have the power to write the end of the story. And if there is a guest that had a bad experience and you don't stop them at that point where they're going out to ask, how was your experience? Uh, then you don't have the, then you don't have that chance to write the end of the story. Like you could tr- turn a really bad experience into a great experience because you're stopping them before they leave. And then you can do something about it. You can make whatever went wrong, right at that moment. Um, and often, uh, they just want to be heard, right? So you're giving them that chance to be heard in front of you instead of going online and blowing you up. So I'm curious, is this the time uh, at the end of the experience? Like when do you approach them and ask for a review? Well, well, I think that's that's an interesting point, and it speaks to why when we speak to business owners, restaurant owners in particular, the common thing that comes back is why don't people say something at the time when they're in the restaurant? Why don't they bring it to our attention and we can deal with it then? Mm-hmm. Now, I think there are lots of reasons and lots of theories as to why that might be the case. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a classic British comedy called 40 Towers. Um, it was John Cleese, one of the Monty Python team. Uh, very, very popular program in the 70s and 80s over here. Um, there's a classic episode. He's a hotel owner, very dysfunctional hotel owner. And there are a number of episodes where he goes completely crazy at guests who have bad experiences. And it, it's hilarious. It's a, you should check it, check it out on YouTube. But anyway, I think there is, a, there is a throwback to that where the guest is reluctant to raise it with and it, um, with a restaurant owner or with somebody in the restaurant because they're worried that it's going to become this big scene. And especially if you maybe you're out with somebody you care about, first date kind of thing, do you really want to have this big scene? Would you rather not just leave the restaurant and, and leave a review on TripAdvisor or Yelp when you get back home? So I think it's so I think the host, when you talk about the host or hostess actually inter- intervening towards the end of the experience, I think that's good, but I wouldn't expect it to yield massive amount of feedback at the time i think it's a great time to ask for the feedback but not to actually receive the feedback but it is a good opportunity for a restaurant owner to um to intervene to show that they're willing to listen to the feedback be it good or bad okay so i mean is there a prime time to be asking for this is it is it at the end or like when when is the the pinpoint time to be asking for these reviews yeah, so from my perspective, you've got two options here, and it's going to be based on, for restaurants, it's going to be based on whether or not you collect the email address as part of the booking process or not. If you do collect the email address as part of the booking process, you have a lot more flexibility about reaching out to the customer after they've been for a visit. If you don't have an email address, then you're far more restricted. So in terms of timing, if you have an email address, and we can maybe get into some specifics later on, but if you have an email address, the for me, the optimal time would be shortly after the visit, maybe one to two hours after they've left the restaurant. Potentially the next morning is another one. And in some cases, we've worked with businesses who will wait until the Monday morning. So they'll gather up all of the customers from the Saturday and Sunday, uh, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday night, and then email them on Monday. So in, in that order, it would be probably about an hour to two hours after the visit, followed by the next best option, which would be uh, maybe the morning after. And then the next best option after that is the next working day. Those would be my three if you have the email. If you don't have the email address, then it would be as the person's leaving the restaurant. But my suggestion would probably be to hand them a card um, asking for feedback, uh, and we can get into some suspe- into some specifics about some of the options for that. But yeah, for me, if it's if it's in person, if you don't have an email address, then hand them a card. Beautiful. So I mean, like, what is your host doing uh, when people are, are leaving? Are are they researching? Are they, are they digging for data? Are they are they being that that 
point at the end of the experience to really find out if it was a good or a bad experience and just train them to hand out a card. Like how hard is that? Like it's, it's so powerful what you can do at that, that moment of them leaving or, or you just even following up via email, like you mentioned, but all right, let's, let's, were you about to add something? Did I hear you? Yeah, I was just I was just going to say I think I think sometimes in restaurants there's there's an opportunity for for the, for the communication among staff to be really strong. So gauging the temperature of a table and knowing whether or not you know from the server if it's going well or not and feeding that back to the host so that things can be um, can be involved towards the end of the interaction is is one option. But also in terms of the card to get a card printed nowadays a really nice card that's consistent with your brand that's that's tangible is is very very low cost to do. So I would suggest both of those things. Better communication among the staff, gauging the temperature of the room, gauging the temperature of the table. If it feels like it's something that someone needs to intervene with, that can be done towards the end of the visit. Uh, but either way, hand them a card, hand them something nice, something they can keep in their wallet that's business card sized, that's that constant reminder once they've left that they still have an opportunity to, to have a say. Awesome. All right. So let's dive into this step-by-step blueprint already. But first, we got to take a minute to thank our sponsors. We've all been there. I'm sure you have been uh, just going through that stack of menus every night, pulling out the nasty, soiled, expensive pieces of paper, putting them aside, throwing them away. God, it's so frustrating. This is a line item that just gets the best of us. It destroys our budget and people are so freaking dirty. It's like, ah, Anyway, what if I told you that I discovered a piece of paper that's rip proof and waterproof, 100% rip proof and waterproof. This stuff is so durable. It's what the military uses to print their navigational maps and charts on. Like they trust this stuff and now they're printing menus on it. Head over to Terra Slate paper.com to learn more. Guys, I'm telling you this stuff is durable. I've seen the owner Kyle Ewing throw this menu through a dishwasher to prove its durability. Again, terraslatepaper.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-S-L-A-T-E paper.com. And if you use promotional code unstoppable, you will save 15% on your first order. Get after it. I will not sit here and tell you that I have the secret sauce to marketing. The truth is the best way to market your restaurant is to do an incredible job for walls marketing, busting your ass, providing incredible experiences and just being the best at what you do. That's how you market your restaurant. The second best way to market your restaurant is direct marketing. This is any way you connect directly with your guest, and it goes beyond phone calls and in snail mail today. Social media, Facebook ads, emails, text messaging, Wi-Fi, mobile phones, apps. There's so many ways to connect directly with our guests, but you would need a degree or countless hours of research and planning and strategizing to pull all these things together on your own. There is another option. You can adopt a proven, successful, completely customizable, done-for-you strategy and plan created by an expert and past guest mentor on Restaurant Unstoppable, Nick Fosberg. Nick shares everything he knows in his book, Bar and Restaurant Success. It's the number one marketing and promotion book out there right now. Get this book for free. Go to freebrsbook.com and implement these strategies and plans today. Freebrsbook.com. We're back. So this blueprint is going to teach us how to use customer feedback process to drive higher frequency of visits and lower marketing costs, right? 
Yeah, that's okay. it. So, so what we're trying to do here, first of all, I should caveat this by saying we're talking about collecting feedback from customers online or through um, through the internet, as opposed to the more traditional uh, feedback cards or feedback surveys that you might give people. Um, so, I'm talking only about doing it online. The advantage of doing it online, I mean, there are there are so many advantages to going online. Key is that you have all of that data that you can analyze, interpret, and and market more effectively. So for now, we'll park any kind of uh, ideas around doing something with paper and pen actually in the restaurant and go for just online only. So there are five steps for the process. Um, these are really what um, we've implemented with numerous clients now, and it works really, really well. So yeah, I mean, I'm happy to just dive in if you'd like me to. Go ahead first, man. Give it, oh. give it to us. <laughs> okay. So first up, I, I would advise any restaurant or any business owner to first and foremost research the local landscape. What are your competitors doing and what are they not doing? What's the general review profile like? Uh, and also what sites, what websites seem to be important for those competitors? So the simplest way to do that is just get a spreadsheet, pen and paper. But my preference, being a bit of a, a geek, is go with a spreadsheet Get together details of maybe 10 to 15 competitors in your area. And then what you want to do is go onto Google, like you suggested before, and just see, just type in some search terms, restaurant in Boston, restaurant in city, whatever it might be, uh, and start to get a list of some of your main competitors in the online space. So the ones that are most visible in those results. And you want to be looking at how many reviews they have, particularly on Google, the number of reviews they get, and also the average score that they get. And you want to repeat that process on things like Facebook and Yelp and any of the other sites that are important. And what you'll slowly start to build, it wouldn't take long to do, what you'll slowly start to build is a picture of how proactive do these other guys look like they're being and what seems to be working for them and not working for them. So, for example, maybe you have a competitor that has a couple of thousand likes or a couple of thousand reviews on Facebook, but none on Google and they don't show up on Google. Or maybe you have another one who has hundreds of reviews on Google and nothing on Facebook. So just gauge the temperature, look at what the situation is like in your area and start to get a picture of what you think you would probably need to do to try and compete with those competitors. So are you looking to get on the same platforms they are that because they're having success with those platforms? Or are you better off maybe focusing on the platforms they're not having success on so you can get the attention of those people who are on those platforms they're not taking advantage of? Yeah, so, so the good question. My, my preference would always be for a business owner to focus on Google as a priority because it is just such a monster. It's just massive and everybody's going there for information. So I would always start with Google as a priority, but then also start to look at Facebook and some of the others. The, the reason for looking at some of the other review sites that your competitors are being visible on is that we don't know how Google's algorithm works. Nobody really knows apart from a few people at Google. My my thinking is that if you start to see some of your competitors showing up prominently on a couple of other external sites, you need to be there too. So the process of going through that and compiling a little spreadsheet allows you to see how many of these other sites are the main competitors on, where are the ones that we maybe need to get onto as well. But I would always say if you're time limited, most people are, stick with Google as a priority. Secondary uh, one would be Facebook and then look at your other sort of other sites that people are on as well. So Facebook, or sorry, Google and Facebook, uh, can you give like one or two additional sites uh, just to kind of give our listeners a place to go so they're not just, yeah. like, which ones hold the most well, weight? I would, yeah, I would say Foursquare, um, 
Yelp. Yelp would be another one. Those would be the other because I could give you a list, but I think I don't want to overwhelm. I think you've got to keep it manageable. If you can get featured on Google, Facebook, Yelp, Foursquare, and then look at the ones that your competitors are on as well, which may in some cases be very niche and very local, that should be your priority. I don't think there's a hard and fast rule for everyone, but I would go with those ones as a priority. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, anything else under this first step of just doing the research? No, you can you can get that done quickly, easily. All of the data is public, so you can you can do it. And and also it gives you a benchmark as well. Doing that gives you a benchmark that you can then return to okay. in three months, six months time. Okay, so what's the next step? So next step is you want to be working out when you're going to ask for feedback. And it's sort of an extension of what we've talked about so far. Uh, I've already mentioned about sort of key times, but the goal here really is to work out for your business when's the most viable, most important time. So if you've got no email address, give them the card as soon after the visit as possible. Make sure that card has details of a link to a survey that they can complete. And likewise, if you've got email, then you want to be emailing them a link shortly after their visit, which sends them to a page where they complete a survey for you. So key distinction here, you're not saying to all of your customers, leave a review for us on Facebook. Because, and in fact, I had an email this morning from one of our suppliers who did exactly that. Casting the net wide, every customer who pays an invoice gets an email and at the bottom it says, leave a review for us on Facebook. But if I've had a bad experience, that's an open invitation to Mm. go and share that negative experience with everybody else. So the reason I I bring that up is you want to make sure that the place that you're sending them to is an online survey that you have control over so that you can add in an additional buffer between the customer and the social media websites where you want them to post those good reviews to. Okay, so... The review is going to like a a space before it actually hits these public platforms, so you can choose whether or not to let it go or not. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, it's it's harder. That's why we created the platform is to make that as easy as possible. But if you were to use, say, a Google, um, like a Google survey or Survey Monkey, it gives you the opportunity to ask the questions that you want to ask to help the business really improve. So you'll for you'll you'll know the questions that are important to your business. Then it gives you a, a way to to collect all of that data together and use it internally. But with the added benefit of if somebody's had a negative experience and they've gone on to this survey and they've told you how terrible it is, in a way, it's taking the wind out of their sails a little bit. It's taking some of the pressure off. And conversely, if the person's had a good experience, if you if you if you craft the right thank you message, you can encourage them to share their review with other people. So we're adding in a buffer, which means you can look at the data, you can use it internally for your own benefit, but also make sure that anything that's negative gets dealt with internally, ideally before they've gone on to those other sites. Okay, um, I guess to kind of try to paint the picture a little bit more. So when you're asking for this review, uh, you're giving them a survey, uh, they fill out the survey, and then they hit send that survey then goes where yeah that should go to the business owner or the person responsible for the restaurant that all of that data needs to be held centrally so places like survey monkey and google surveys will, will let you collate all of that data in one place and that should go to the restaurant owner okay who then or somebody responsible for customer experience um that's that's their opportunity to gather all of that data up and then where this can be very positive is where in team meetings or staff meetings you're able to feed that back to the t- to the team 
to your staff so that they can use it. So, yeah, it's got to go internally. It's got to go to somebody who is able to influence the general um, the general team behavior. And then behavior. is that person then taking that review and forwarding it to Google and Facebook? I'm not too really I'm not sure how the, the review is getting online after it gets yes. that one. So it's all about the thank you page. So this is where we'll, we'll maybe come, we'll come on to this maybe shortly, if that's okay. With okay. You. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. Because what happens is once you've, in fact, let's go there now, because I think it's a very valid point. One of the things is where you've got, where you've got customers who are leaving feedback for you in one of these surveys, once, once they've completed a survey, you then need to segment the audience. You need to segment your customers, those who've had a great experience and those who've had a negative experience. So you create the survey and then based on their scoring, you want to send them into different places. So if they've had a negative experience, one of the best things you can do is have a custom thank you page, which says, we appreciate your feedback. We're going to act on this feedback. Here are my personal details. You can contact me and we will try and resolve this. So you're sending the people who've left you negative feedback to a page where you're reassuring them that you're going to take care of this and it will be actioned. So you're splitting you're splitting that initial group of, say, 100 diners into the three people who had a bad experience. You're saying, we're going to take care of this and we're going to give you reassurance that things are going to be okay. And on the flip side, everybody else, thank you for your great feedback. What we'd like to do is encourage you to leave that feedback over on these social media websites. So the key is, and this is Another step in the process is to segment your customers based on a score within your survey. You want to be splitting them off and not sending everybody to the same page uh, after they've completed a survey. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, thank you. So, um, I mean, this these, this is why I want to host webinars alongside interviews like this because I feel like it's so much easier to really if you could see if you could see with like an image and like maybe even do like a screen share or something, um, it would make even more sense, but yeah, it's, it's starting to come together for me. Thank you. Um, so there's one more step that we haven't gone over. Do you want to hit that step now? Sure. So you want to be asking questions within your survey. You want to ask the questions that are going to give you valuable information. So one of the ways that we like to do this with customers is we'll ask them to think about an ideal customer experience. So what we'll do is we'll say, you know, if, if you had control over all of the variables, what would that ideal customer experience look like for you? And then, as they map out that experience, we're then looking to see what are the sorts of questions that would tell us or tell the business owner, what are the sorts of questions that will tell the business owner that those experiences were produced as a result of that person coming in. So maybe it's some questions about the food, the ambience, the server, whatever it might be. You want to focus in on that ideal customer experience and then work out what questions are going to give you that uh, metric about whether or not the business or and individuals within the business are making that a reality for people. So you also within that you want to include my advice is to include an initial question which is naught to five and that's the question that you use to then send people to different places. So question one in the feedback survey that you produce is give us a score out of naught to five, how do we do? So then based on that score this is going to depend on the platform. This is the tricky part. ReviewMiner does it for you. But with other platforms, you would need to come up with a way, which is kind of why we developed the software. It's hard to do. You need to come up with a way to send people who score you four, uh, sorry, three or less to a certain thank you page and people who score you four or five to a different thank you page. So you want to be asking questions that map, map onto that customer experience. Okay. So go from the top, the, the five steps, just to kind of streamline it for us real quick sure. that you need to take. So 
First things first, you want to research the local landscape. You want to make sure that you understand what your competitors are doing. You want to understand how positive their reviews are. You want to understand what pages, what sites they're on. Secondly, what you want to do is ask is work out when you're going to ask for the feedback from your customers. When are you going to ask the question? Is it going to be just as they leave the restaurant if it's face-to-face and you don't have an email? Or is it going to be by email and you're going to send them whichever way you choose The next step is to send them to a survey. You're going to ask them questions that are going to give you the feedback, and that's going to be done within a survey online. So SurveyMonkey, Google Survey, wherever it is, you're going to send those people to one central place. And then once they're in that central place, step four is about segmenting your customers based on their score of your business. So if they had a score from naught to three, say, you send them to a thank you page, which reassures them that you're going to take care of it. If you've got scores of four or five, you're going to send them to a different page, which says, we really appreciate your feedback. Why don't you share that with other people on the web? And then step five is treat each group differently. Take those two groups, the positive and negative experience groups, and treat them very differently. And that's one we haven't talked about so far. Do you want me to jump into that? Yes, please, please. So you want to treat these different segments very differently. good example of this is many of your listeners will probably have a MailChimp um, account or something like that, some system where they use to email everybody. But if you, say, over the course of a year have 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever the number of people who've had negative experiences – Why would you keep them on your mailing list? They're not probably going to want to come back and they're going to unsubscribe almost immediately. So what you want to do is as you as you generate all of these feedback responses from people from your survey, you're going to start to grow two separate lists, positive list, negative list. And the people on the negative list don't get marketed to anymore. You could try one additional follow up. You could say, we're sorry you had a bad experience. Can we make it right? Here's a coupon, here's a discount, whatever it might be. Or you could just take the view that they're probably not going to come back. So we need to erase them from our marketing. It's going to save you money in terms of the amount of emails that you send out. It's going to lower your bounce rates and your unsubscribe rates in your email software. So that's that group taken care of. On the positive side, though, You then want to take that group of people who've left you positive reviews and you want to start to market to them in a more sophisticated way over time. So you and I both, I think, are fans of John Taffo, previous guest of your podcast. Yes, yes. I listened to an excellent interview with him and he was talking about repeat visits and the importance (laughs) of the repeat visit. So the, uh, oh, that's a great episode. I I, I think you're talking about the Gary V episode. I am. I am. Oh man. I'll link to that in the show notes. It's awesome. 45 minutes in, (laughs) there is some gold there. There is some real gold there. So he talks about in that episode, he talks about you, you want to increase your guest frequency, not just drive more people to the business, which is sort of my, my older marketing days. We used to drive loads of people to a business. You also want to generate repeat frequency, repeat visits. And he said there's some very interesting research where the likelihood of a second visit after a flawless first experience is about 40%. And the likelihood of a third visit after a flawless second visit is 40%. But when you get to the third and fourth visits, it then hits 70%. So -hmm. in other words, you have to market to the first three visits Mm -hmm. and not just the first one. Mm -hmm. So the reason I bring it up is it fits very squarely with this approach, because if you've got that list of people who you know had a great experience, you've got their email addresses because you've got them to fill in an online survey. Now you can start to market them in a more sophisticated way. You can take them as your advocates, your loyal fans, or super fans and you can start to market to them 
slowly over time because you know they're going to be receptive. You know that they had a great experience and there's less friction than somebody who had a negative experience or somebody who's just ambivalent about what you offer. So having that segmented list gives you so much control over future marketing messages. One of the tips in that podcast as well is he says, you know, if a guest comes in and they have, you're known for your steak and they have the steak, you invite them back and say, but you didn't try the chicken. Come back and try that. Or from my perspective, let's say a restaurateur changes a drinks program. You can say, we're, we're thrilled you came. We're thrilled you had a great experience. We've just launched a new drinks, drinks program. Why don't you come back and try it? Here's a coupon just for you. So by segmenting that list, that initial list of everybody and the old school method of let's just get everybody to go onto Facebook and give us a review. Now you're starting to get really specific, really strategic in how you take that group and start to break them down into smaller groups and market to them in the best way possible. Awesome. Um, so those are the five steps. I think you just dropped a ton of value on my listeners. I am grateful for that. There's some additional topics that you had shared with me. I don't think we're going to get to them today, but I'm going to put them out there as a teaser because I will get you back on the show. Uh, I would love to discuss the responding to negative reviews and how to handle that and why uh, perfect five-star reviews shouldn't be the goal. So you're coming back. We're going to talk about those two other things. Um, and, and you know, this, uh, this is perfect timing because, uh, the, the direction I want to take the show restaurant unstoppable is doing episodes like this, where we get some value, but just a taste of it, uh, and give the listener the option to take it to the next level with a webinar. So I would love to invite you back, uh, in the near future to host a webinar, uh, where you really like, step-by-step step, take us through this this process and teach us how to do it I'd, I'd absolutely love to do it eric it's it's something i'm very passionate about it's i love working with independents smaller businesses uh, ones with aspirations to grow but who want to use the techniques that the big guys use all the time and apply it to the smaller business so there are going to be hotel chains restaurant chains who are following these steps and doing a heck of a lot more what i'm passionate about is helping the independents try and apply some of that logic to their own business and it is straightforward to do mm -hmm. and this is episode 359 so if you want a, a list of those steps and links to the products and services that were mentioned in today's episode head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 359 i'll have the links right there and i'll also have a a link to sign up if you are interested in that webinar um i'm not sure how to do that or how to even I'm, I'm learning as I go. I'm going to be using GoToWebinar, and this is a learning process for me. But there will be a way for you to get on a waiting list to, to attend that webinar if you want to learn more. Also, just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 359. I said it out loud. Now I have to do it. Uh, and uh, why don't you just tell us before we wrap up a little bit more about ReviewMiner.co and um, you know, how this tool works into the equation. Sure. So I guess with, with the five-step process, I mean, I've talked about Google surveys, I've talked about SurveyMonkey, and, and the reason why I'm not maybe being as clear as I could be is because I don't necessarily advocate that people use them. We do have a product that's designed for that specific issue. It can be done with those tools, but we also have a product, like you say, it's ReviewMiner, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to, to talk about it. Um, it's a, it's a platform that effectively follows all of these steps, gives you a survey, allows you to branch based on um, – 
people's feedback and then ultimately allows them to to share their reviews with other people on those social media sites so if your listeners want to learn more um, they should head over to reviewminer.co they can sign up for a free training course so i do have a free five-part email video course which they can go and listen to completely free of charge where i talk a little bit more in a bit more detail um, but also if they decide to take a trial of review minor there is a free 30-day trial but if they want they can use the code unstoppable at checkout and what we've done is we've set them up with a 20 percent off subscription for the first year so Whoa. a fairly decent saving D- and also, i had no idea that was coming <laughs> awesome <laughs> i thought i'd surprise you <laughs> so you. um yeah, so the cost, the very the starting point there is about 20, 20 US dollars a month there or thereabouts. So for that, you can you can do most of what we've talked about here very easily. So yeah, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. And if your if your um, listeners want to go and have, check it out, I'd be grateful if they if they did and let me know what they think. Okay, so uh, again, this is episode three five nine. Head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash three five nine. You'll find the links to the video, uh, to the the link to sign up for a webinar. That will be a live webinar, guys. So if you watch the video, you still have questions. This will be your chance to to ask the questions that you have and to really. And I'm sure Matt will be happy to answer any questions you have in that webinar. And um. Yeah, uh, before I let you go, like always, we need to call somebody out. I almost forgot. So who is one independent restaurant operator? Somebody maybe over across the pond in the UK that I should get on the show that would make a great guest mentor with their story. Oh, this is tricky because I don't work in the restaurant industry myself. So I had to think about it. Not necessarily an independent restaurant operator, but I don't know if you know Marcus Lemonis from CNBC's The Profit. If you've ever seen that show, incredible program. Uh, highly, highly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's on. The, he's a shark too, isn't he? Uh, I don't think he is. No, but he he follows shortly after. I think. But yeah, Marcus Lemonis is his name. Um, incredibly wealthy investor, brilliant at turning restaurants and other businesses around. So I would, uh, I, I would go for him. Um, I don't know the operator or the owner of the restaurant, but in uh, in Mayfair in London, my wife and I, our favourite restaurant is a restaurant called Corrigan's. It's owned and run by Richard Corrigan, an Irish, uh, an Irish chef. Uh, their customer experience is absolutely second to none, and we love it there. So uh, either Marcus Lemonis or Richard Corrigan, I wish you all the best in trying to find them and, and get yeah. them on the show. And if you do, I'll be listening. Marcus or Richard, look out. I'm coming after you. Matt's setting the bar high for me. I like it. And, uh, man, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge with us and letting us listen to that beautiful British accent you have. Uh, I, mean, I could just listen to you for days. Uh, it was great. Uh, and you are coming back, so there will be more. And uh, I guess that's it, man. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Another great episode today with Matthew Heyman, uh, really emphasizing the importance of not overlooking the review process. And it's more important today than ever before to really be on top of what people are saying about us online uh, only because it's more than today than ever before people are actually taking it into consideration and Google Facebook these these huge platforms with massive traffic are developing uh, processes in trying to, to build out their platforms based off of these reviews so we need to take advantage of it. We're not going to change it. All we can do is uh, be proactive and be ready for the changes and to use the way the world works to our advantage. In uh, uh, reviewminer.co is one of those great resources that can help us. And uh, we cover the five-step process to handling those online reviews today. I hope that's valuable. If you still have questions about that process, 
Uh, if you want to learn more, uh, there was a training video that I linked to in the show notes. This is episode 361. Head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 361. If you are interested in the review minor, don't forget to, to uh, enter that promotional code unstoppable at checkout. 20% off your first year. I didn't know Matt was going to do that. Thank you so much, Matt, for providing this extra value to my listeners. Uh, so grateful for that. And... Uh, I'm going to have Matt come back on the 21st of August and he's going to host a webinar where he goes through this five-step process. And if you sign up for this webinar, Matt's going to do some live coaching with you and he's going to do a deep dive into your business and use your business as an example and coach you through it. Uh, So join us live for that webinar. Uh, Sign up, go to the show notes restaurantunstoppable.com slash 361. I'll have a link or a a field where you can sign up to join us during this webinar. It will be a live webinar. You can ask any questions you have and if you do sign up, we will select somebody to uh, be featured. Uh, Do a deep dive into the business, uh, the reviews online, and we'll use that person to kind of uh, teach everybody that will be joining us at this webinar again on the 21st of August August 21st at 1 p.m. Be there. Join us. Sign up. Again, restaurantunstoppable.com slash 361. I'll have that sign up there for you. I'll also have a link back to Review Miner. I'll link back to that Gary V episode that we talked about, that five-step uh, video that Matt mentioned during today's episode. And again, links to just reviewmeyer.co all right there thank you guys so much for sticking around this long i hope you found value in today's episode and yeah i love you all until next time peace out